If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Luke chapter 8. I'll be very brief uh, considering the meeting. and want everybody to stay and at least uh, find out what the FBI is all about. Faithful Bible Investigators. I came with that name a long time ago and they copied it, I think. But um, what a blessing. You know, a lot of people say this has been the worst year of my life. How many say it's been a good year? Raise your hand. I just want to see Adam and Jenna raise their hand. Amen. Praise God. It's been a good year. Amen. Uh, maybe you won somebody to the Lord. That's an eternal year. Uh, amen. I believe that uh, before this year is out, we're going to say it's a good year. And uh, I don't think we ought to say it's a bad year because the year is not over yet. Uh, but, you know, the year is almost over. You know, we're entering into October, and we'll soon it'll be Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Man, won't that be something? A challenge to have Christmas under all this, you know? And um, uh, let's do anything about it. But uh, let's look at um, Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25, and I'm going to try to preach about uh, 16 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I said I'm going to try. And so uh, I don't want to rush because this is introducing our uh, theme for the. Um, uh, missions revival, I usually do that Sunday before, and also uh, what we're trying to do is live by faith and support missionaries by faith, and so I thought it'd be great to preach on faith, and uh, the Lord wouldn't let me away from this sermon, and so I'm going to preach it on the measure of your life, the 13th message I preached on the measure of your life or how to evaluate your life from God's perspective, and you measure your life by faith. Uh, the essence of the Christian life is faith. We're saved by faith. Um, we're justified and have access to God by faith, Romans 5, 1 and 2. We're purified by faith, Acts 15, 9. We're sanctified by faith, Galatians 3, 11. And Christ dwells in our hearts by faith, Ephesians 3, 17. We approach God with freedom and confidence by faith. It's all by faith, amen? We are called believers for a reason. We ought to believe and have faith. Have faith in God. So let's stay in all the Word of God. We'll just read this, and I, I'll just introduce the message, and I'll preach it the Sunday after, uh, finish it the Sunday after um, the mission's revival. But I want us to enter it by faith. If we've ever needed faith, church, it's today. Uh, there's a lot of fear going around, and I believe in caution. But I'll tell you what, folks, we need to have a lot of faith during this time, especially during dark times where we don't understand everything. Verse 22, Luke chapter 8. The Bible says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship with his disciples and said to them, Let us go on over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the on the on the lake, and they were filled with water, and and they were in jeopardy. They came to him and woke him, saying, "Master, Master, we perish." And then he arose and rebuked the wind, and the raging of the of the of the water, and they ceased, and there was there was a calm. And he said to them, "Where is your faith?" And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another. What matter of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. You may be seated as I pray. Father, 
as the disciples prayed, we pray that you'll increase our faith. God, as a church, I pray that you would increase our faith, promise, giving. God, there's been a wonderful year of giving to missions, taking on missionaries, and helping sustain missionaries on the field. It's all been done through faith. So, Lord, please increase our faith is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, through faith we inherit what God has promised, Hebrews 6, 12. Through faith we understand God's power, powerful workings and will, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith, spiritual exploits for God are accomplished, Hebrews chapter 11. Just finish that wonderful chapter. By faith we are victorious over opposition, suffering, and even death. We can believe that greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. Uh, to the moment of salvation, to the entrance of heaven, faith is the all-important key to God. It's the only way to please God, Hebrews eleven six, And that's why it's mentioned at least 21 times that the Bible refers to Christians as believers, believers. Jesus often measured his disciples' faith. Five times he said, O ye of little faith. Three times he spoke of their lack of faith. He asked, do you still have no faith? Mark chapter 4, verse 40. And then in our text, he said, where is your faith? He's in the boat and they're panicking. They're not praying. They're not, they're not doing anything but panicking. They've got their Maxwell House coffee cans out and they're bailing the water out. Amen? That's an anachronism. That's the only thing I remember from high school. But twice he commended the faith of the Gentiles who sought his help. He commended them. He mentioned um, his disappointment in the disciples when they had little or no faith ten times. He said, you have little faith, you have no faith. I don't want that said about me. Because he's closely related to his walk with him and your effectiveness for him both in prayer and, and the ministry, God measures your faith. He wants you to realize that faith uh, there is a there is there's some results of true Bible believing faith. Faith produces obedience. Romans one five says, "By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience." Faith protects as a shield in the warfare. Ephesians six sixteen. First Thessalonians five eight. The Bible says we ought to put on the helmet, and uh, and and we ought to have uh, the helmet of salvation. It says we ought to put on the breastplate of righteousness and put up the shield of faith. Uh, faith is the victory that overcomes the world, 1 John 5, 4. Twice the Bible tells us to pursue faith. 1 Timothy 6, 11, it says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. It says follow after it. It means you ought to go after it. And folks, faith's not the end. It's who we have our faith in, say amen. Some people have faith in faith. That's the wrong object. Faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Folks, we just need to realize how wonderful it is to have faith. Faith is one of the most difficult aspects of your spiritual walk, and the devil loves to sift your faith. He wants to sift it. He wants to devour your testimony, but he wants to sift your faith, uh, Luke chapter 22. Faith may be accepted long before the answer is even evident. 
Daniel chapter 10, he accepted his faith. Sometimes faith is more accurately measured by a calm inner assurance that it's going to be okay. A lot of times people just fall apart because they lose faith in God. We ought to lose faith in ourselves often because we can't measure up. And so I want to give you just about um, six things real quick, and I'll just list them and I'll preach them uh, next next Sunday, uh, Sunday week. But number one, uh, you measure your faith by the depth of your trust. The depth of your trust. I want you to turn to a very familiar uh, uh, verse. Appreciate Miss Rose. Uh, sending out all those cards, and she always puts this verse, her life verse, on the cards. But Mark, um, um, and, and this is a great verse. Uh, when you uh, lose a son in a, uh, a motorcycle accident, you've got to have this verse. You've got to have a lot of faith to keep going and not get bitter. Say amen. In Texas, just this past week, uh, husband and wife, pastor and his wife, was killed on a head-on collision. And have three little babies, six years old, three years old, and one year old. Folks, it's going to take a lot of faith for those grandparents. It's going to take a lot of faith. Miss um, Dorsey went in the hospital for a hernia that exploded and caught COVID. And uh, Brother Dean Hamby couldn't come to the uh, uh, couples retreat. That's his home church, Old Swanee Baptist Church, because he was preaching. Uh, that dear pastor's wife's funeral Friday. So we need faith. We need faith or we're going to fall apart. We need faith or we're going to fear about everything. We're going to need faith or we're going to we're going to go backwards instead of forward. And we're going to not stand pure. And so look at this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. I'm saying there's some things we can't understand. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. It says, Be not wise in thy own eyes. I'll read verse 7. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know, our theme for uh, this coming um, uh, revival is Psalms 33, verse 8. Uh, we're going to try to sing a new song that I heard in Peru many years ago when they gave me an doc honorary doctor's degree, and there was 1,500 students singing this song. It was about uh, the whole world worshiping God. My heart, my desire is that the whole world would worship you. And boy, they sing it. I don't know where the, who wrote the song, don't really care, but I know where I heard it sung. I think Brother Randy, you was there too in that great meeting. And folks, it is a great song. But folks, we're not naming the, the we're not trying to get a theme from a song. We got the theme from the verse. Here it is. I got a verse for next week. Psalms 33, and I want you to look at it. Verse 8, great chapter on revival. And uh, I, I really believe that uh, God laid this verse on my heart uh, for the week. And I want God, to, I want God to, uh, to engrave it in our hearts and seal it in our souls that we can, we can, uh, we can have revival. And not just for us, but we can have revival for the whole world. And folks, if they'll have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they can, they can have this happen in their life. Verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. When you fear the Lord, you got faith in Him because you know He is real and that He is God. But look at the next part. Let all the earth 
Fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Now, folks, I believe with all my heart, we need to pray for America to get back to the awe of God. We need to get back to the America that used to blush at sin. As Isaiah said, we've lost our blush. I don't mean that stuff you put on your face, ladies. I'm talking about being embarrassed about sin. No longer is sin sinful because we don't fear God. And so I want us to have faith in God, but I want the whole world to know him, don't you? And I want the whole world to stand in awe of him. And one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. So folks, I want to say this, and I want to say it clearly. Your faith is measured by your deep trust. It's measured by that blessed assurance that you have God in charge of all your present and in your future, that he's in charge. As the choir so beautifully sings, um, he's still on the throne, amen? Your circumstances and all that touches your life are still under God's control. Don't ever lose faith in an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-caring God. He's almighty, but he's all-compassion. Measure of faith by unwavering confidence that God is your Father, as I preached on this morning, that he can work all things together, even this junk, even this virus, and it's not junk, it's, it's a pandemic, and it's hurt many families, but folks, he can use even this to make us more like him. I believe it's a great day to soul win. And I believe it's a great day to send missionaries out, even though they have to wait to go out. You measure your faith by understanding, uh, that, uh, have, that by having an undisturbed peace of heart in the midst of the storm. You measure your faith by the ability to say with Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job 13, 15. And so you measure your faith by trusting deeply in the Lord with deep assurance. Um, you have the assurance your father's too good to forget you. He's too wise to make a mistake. And he's too loving to let you ultimately hurt or be the loser. And too mighty to ever be defeated. You measure your faith by the assurance that Jesus is with you. He said it, go, and he said, lo, I'm with you always. So, folks, his presence is enough. Say amen. And that's the kind of faith we ought to have is that he's real and that he's right and that he's relevant. Then uh, not only do you measure your faith by the depth of your trust, but number two, you measure your faith by your obedience, by your obedience. Look at James chapter 2. This is my first text that I ever preached. Uh, my first message, 1972, October 12th, I think it was. That's a long time ago. 72, my word. That's a long time ago. My first message, I was just a teenager. Um, and uh, I remember they called on me to preach on that Sunday night. And I was very, very nervous. And I only preached 10 minutes. I've got longer since then. And um, I close more. In James chapter 2, verse 17, here was my text. Even so, faith, 
If it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And I'm going to tell you what that work is, obedience. You just need to obey God. He tells you to go to church, go to church. He tells you to read your Bible, read your Bible. He tells you to pray, you ought to pray. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. And I'll just say this, trust and obey, there's no other way to measure your faith. By your faith, you step out by faith. By your faith, you don't ask why, you just go, you just say, why not? By faith, you just yield to God and His commands and say, yes, sir. Don't question Him. Don't doubt Him. It's too late now to doubt Him. We just got to go on. Then number three, and I'm hurrying, we measure our faith by our vision. By our vision. I believe with all my heart that we need to get a greater vision of God. That's exactly what happened in Job's life. Exactly what happened in Job's life. In Hebrews chapter 11, just next door to James, you'll see that he says in verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Folks, have you seen him? Have you seen him through this? Fanny J. Crosby saw him because she, she memorized uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. All of it. Every word. She memorized Proverbs. She memorized most of Psalms. She memorized most of the New Testament. And she wrote over 7,000 poems, and she was blinded at the age of six weeks old. What a lady. What hymns that we sing. And so, folks, we need to have a vision. And I love, this, I love the way this blind lady had a vision of God in her songs. You know, uh, burst on my side. You know, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And she had such a brilliant insight and vision of God. Faith obeys in the light of God's eternal plan. Faith uh, sees um, that God is faithful, that God is on the throne, and that God is able. Faith makes the difference in your life. And folks, it, 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 it's a vision of His greatness. Whereas Isaiah, we see Him high and lifted up. We see that in 2 Kings chapter 6, the, the servant at Dothan saw the armies of God surrounding the place much more than all the armies that were attacking him. And Elijah said, open my servant's eyes, and he did. And then let me say this, and I'll close with this one. Uh, by faith, uh, your faith's measured by the outflowing streams. The outflowing streams. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you're stagnant, you have no faith. If you're not growing, you have no faith. If you're not... Uh, stretching your faith and leaning out and reaching out and doing things that are out of your comfort zone, you have no faith. You have little faith. There's some things we can't explain. And some people, I, I guarantee you, they were born this way, but they weren't born this way. They probably caught it. They like the safe zone. They're so afraid to be hurt, they never step out by faith. They never knock on a door because somebody might make fun of them. Somebody might reject their presentation. Somebody might hurt them. Well, folks, I want to tell you something. Some things are worth getting hurt for. I mean, hey, by the way, don't ever have children if you don't get hurt. They'll, they'll rip your heart out. 
Amen? They'll disappoint you. But folks, a good parent that has faith in God, he just picks up the pieces and goes on. Amen? And it's not about you. It's about God. And folks, a lot of times we want to quit and we don't want to step out of our comfort zone. You know, we got everything comfortable. I'm going to read you in closing uh, the story of Adda, Adonira, and I've mispronounced that name for so many years, I think that's right, Adonira Judson, and what he went through by faith. And it's amazing to me. And I thought about that. And I thought about all my conveniences at home. I can actually boss around something in my home and it never talks back. Now, like Siri, her name is Google. Google Mini, praise God. I got one in the bathroom. I got one in the den. I can say, hey, go uh, turn the thermostat up. If I had it hooked up, it'd turn the lights on. It plays my beautiful hymns that I want to play. I just say, hey, play it. She plays it. If I say Google, I don't even have to say please. Praise God. It just I thought, how do they invent stuff like this? Amen. What's the weather? How's our president doing? She says, I can't keep up with him. She, you know, all kinds of all kinds of questions you can ask this little old round silver cylinder. Adonair Judson didn't have a Google. He didn't have a cell phone. God help him. And Terry Bertram came and shared that a drug cartel pointed a pistol at his forehead. That was out of his comfort zone, say amen. He said your whole life flashes as you look down that long barrel because all that uh, demon-possessed drug pusher has to do is pull the trigger and it blew Terry's head off in Mexico. He said his whole life flashed in front of him. What really shocked all the teenagers, he says, most of the time I don't have cell phone coverage. They went, oh, how can anybody make a sacrifice like that? He does. Walks on, walks on horseback. Uh, walks by the horse <laughs> to the post office. Gets beat up by the Catholic priest almost to death. Folks, he's living by faith. He's still on the field after 43 years. 44 now. He's our first missionary. That's exciting, isn't it? We were just a few months old, two months old. May, I believe, we took him on in 1978. And I want to tell you something, the first five months, our total offering was $5,000. Our total offering was $5,000 in five months. We had 1000 a month coming in. And we took on a missionary, and then God started blessing you say, how in the world could you afford it? We couldn't. We stepped out by faith. And I didn't even know that was uh, that low until I saw Ruth McNeese's charts and everything that I discovered looking for a couple's retreat. It was in the couple's retreat file. I'm going to make a copy of it and put it in the safe. I want to keep that. That's amazing. I had 53 saved in the first five months. 43 of them got baptized in the Conasauga River. Baptized one lady downstream, couldn't get her up. Asked her, asked she's glad she's saved. She said, no, I'm just glad I'm alive, amen. I about killed the lady, baptizing her. Drowned her. That would have been bad. I'd have had a jail minister the rest of my life. But folks, we need to realize that faith 
has an overflow. It has outstreams. I want you to turn to John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. Y'all are already there, but I chased that rabbit. Now my time's up. That's all right. I'm going to tell you Brother Judson's story if we miss the whole FBI. Look at this, John chapter 7. I love this. I think it's one of the most challenging verses in the Bible. It says in verse 37, John chapter 7. You with me? Say amen. Yep. Amen. Look at this. It says this. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. But here's the key. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, his innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible in verse 39 talks, tells you what that rivers of water is. It says, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Pentecost hadn't come, because that Jesus was not yet glorified or not ascended. He ascended, Holy Spirit descended, and he never leaves us. But I want to tell you something, friend, you can stagnate him. If you don't have faith, you have no outflow. It says, when you believe, out of your innermost being, your belly flows rivers of living water. God uses your life <clears throat> past your little circumference and past your little agenda and past your little plans. Folks, just live in water. That's amazing. I don't want to be a stagnant Christian. I don't want to be a stale Christian. I'm just telling you, friend, that outflow is important, but you've got to have the inflow. And you're just a channel from the upper pool. The Bible days, Isaiah chapter 7, said they had a conduit from the upper pool because the enemy would come and try to starve out the fortress. But they had a channel from the upper pool the water source was still getting to the fortress or the city, walled city, and they could survive. And folks, I want to tell you something. We're that conduit. We're that channel. And if you have faith, there's something happening in your life. But not just something happening in your life, there's something happening through your life. God's called you to be conduit. God's called you to be a vessel of faith. God's called you not to sit there and soak it up and get sour God's called you to sit there, soak it up, and then give it out and send it out to a lost and dying world before it's too late. This little church can touch the world. It's amazing to me. We have the Jeremy Hall family out of this church and the, and the um, Kevin Hall family out of this church and the Mark Coffey family out of this church. They might have switched membership, but I still claim them. And the Steve Gregory family. And they're touching the world. They're touching the world. Because you stand behind them in faith. And you believe that God is able. And folks, I want to tell you something. God will use you in spite of all the obstacles. Adoniram Judson. He has a famous saying. If you'll skip on down to the next slide, please. The future is as bright as the promises of God. 
And folks, that's a wonderful outlook, isn't it? And he was an outflowing river of supply. And it was his faith that kept him and his wife laboring for seven years before they baptized their first convert. Can you imagine that? Seven years. If I go seven weeks, I feel backslidden. I feel like our church is in a some kind of desert and, and plateaued. Seven years before they baptized their first convert. And after 12 years, at only 18. It was faith that carried them on when their first baby died. Faith that kept him plotting till he wrote a Burmese language grammar and dictionary and after 10 years completed a Burmese New Testament. In spite of repeated attacks of fever and dysentery, Judson believed on. And when supporting friends decided he was not worthy of their support because he could, not, he could show little fruit, he didn't have the statistics, he believed on. He wrote, it requires a much longer time than I have been here to make an impact on heathen people. And it does. If we live some 20 or 30 years, they may um, hear from me again. Amen? That's what he said. And after 11 years, the tyrannical Burmese emperor imprisoned him for 11 months and, um, and, and put him in a death house. At times he was bound with three pairs of leg irons at times with five pairs, he was, beat, he was driven barefoot over the burning sand and at noon for several miles until his feet were blistered, cracked open, and he left a blood-stained trail in the sand. His feet were then put in stocks and raised higher than his head to stop the bleeding. The floor crawled with uh, insects and animals and Satan would taunt him about the Slim prospects that seemed to exist for the establishment of Christ's church in Burma, Judson held on to the promises of God. When his wife became so ill she could not nurse the baby, Judson was finally able to bribe the jailer to release him each evening so he could carry his little withering baby from door to door to beg nursing Burmese women, mothers, for a little of their own milk for his baby. Yet they still believed God. When his wife died, then there was a second baby died. And after several years, he remarried the widow of another missionary who had come uh, to join them in time. She died. Insurmountable odds, indescribable suffering, impossibility after impossibility, loneliness, and still Judson believed and pressed on until he died at sea en route to home. He believed and stood on the promises of God. During his only furlough, back to America streets, the street urchins seeing God's presence on his face began to nickname him as he walked down the road, Glory Face, Glory Face. When he died, when he died, now listen to this, he left 63 churches in Burma. 7,000 baptized believers in Burma. 63 churches, 7,000 baptized believers and 136 missionaries and Burmanese co-workers. So there, there's some 
uh, two million Burmanese who named the name of Jesus as their Lord. There's not greater faith than that which lives on when all hope seems gone because he had a vision and he, had, he was yielded and God used him out of his belly, out of his innermost being, rivers of living water. Let's pray. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for an opportunity to preach and thank you, God, for faith. Lord, my prayer tonight is that you'll increase our faith. And one way to do that is study your word and memorize your word and obey your word and have a deep trust in your word. But God, help us to get out of our comfort zone and have some initiative. God, help us to get out of our comfort zone and yield to the flowing rivers of water that can touch the world through our little church. God, help us to realize that, God, you have called us to obey and, but not just hold the fort, but to take new ground. That you've called us to have obedience and, and, and sacrifice and vision and trust and an outflowing stream and initiative and perseverance, all evidence of faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed, how many say tonight, I need my faith to be increased. I need to have my faith increased. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer all over this place? When I read missionary stories like that, I think, my goodness, I don't have any faith. But I want to have more faith. And I want to step out by faith this week and win somebody to the Lord. I want to, I, want to, I want to have faith no matter how bad it gets. I want to have faith no matter who leaves or who doesn't leave. I want to have faith because Jesus has called us to be faithful. Father, use this message. In Jesus' name we pray.